how are the Lakers doing? Well, it's funny you should ask because, um, well, at the time of this recording, they just uh, won their opening round series against the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. So, yeah. So they're moving on to round two. They are moving on to round two. Um, it'll either be against Sacramento or Golden State. So, Wow. Well, good. That's good yeah. news for you. This is your time yeah. of year. You're it is. Now. It is. I'm, I'm just excited. You're giving me space to talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the because uh, it's a movie podcast, folks. Uh, the um, yeah. They um, they have really storied history with Sacramento, of course. I mean, that's there's no love lost between those two franchises. And Golden State would just be just a damn fun series, like to watch. You know, two kind of aging teams, like you know, battle it out. So. Isn't it funny in sports how we say aging teams and we mean people who are 32 years old? Right. People who are like, you know, on average, like mid, in mid their 30s, prime, right? Right. right, like right, right, right. In the best shape of their lives. They're just like, old oh, man, Johnson steps up to the plate. <laughs> 32 years old. Yeah. This grizzly veteran of the wars. <laughs> love it, man. Like, I love it. I, I love that the, the manager of the Cubs is a year younger than me, David Ross, and he's old man Rossi. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, well, there are coaches, there are coaches in the NFL, you know, that are younger than us, you know, uh, yeah, at this point, babies. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm, so how much do we attach to sports years for people? <laughs> You mean like dog ears? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess it begins immediately. It's like driving a yeah. new car off the yeah. lot. You know as soon I mean? as it leaves the lot, it's yeah, it's you know, depreciated. Bryce, Bryce yeah. Young is already down four years you know, after <laughs> yeah. the draft. Do you are you are you excited about his uh no he went to Carolize Jesus? You know, why don't you why don't you just go ahead and sack him 17 times now and get it out of the way? <laughs> Well, he's going to be in the Saints division, so it, it, you know, I already had no. Oh, love. okay. Yeah, I had no love loss for Carolina, uh, so you know. Yeah, well, I, 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 you know. Now I hate them even more because they haven't right. had a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just thought I just thought it was interesting that you know I'm 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 still worried about Tua Tagovailoa, man. I'm just like I don't think he should be playing football. Yeah, that I'm I'm worried about players like that. Um, you know who i mean of course we don't know all the medical details but it, it you know but from the outset it just makes people anxious i think because you know it's it's fragile you know and that's a that's a <laughs> i think know. of i think of james that's a, woods that's a very ass. that's a it's a very heavy contact sport you know <laughs> I think of james woods sleazy ass and any given sunday oh, they're fine. <laughs> it's the greatest character ever Greatest oh, yeah. character ever. Love he that. Just ex- he just excels at them. He excels at them. Well, we're uh, we're lonely PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. He's Dr. Joseph Watson. Uh, on this show, we break down movies. This week, we got a double dip of horror. Uh, we've got Dead Snow, 2009, from Tommy Wirkola. and we. I wanted in celebration of the new Evil Dead movie, which I am very interested in going and seeing. Hopefully, I'm going to scrap out to the theater soon to see it. Uh, I wanted to go backwards in time, go uh, back to the original, The Evil Dead, 1981, Sam Raimi. Uh, uh, Going to try to get a little bit you know, into that today, but I wanted to start with Dead Snow, uh, Tommy Wirkola. This is a, uh, is this Scandinavian? 
Norwegian. Norwegian. Yes. I couldn't, I was trying to figure out as I was watching it and watching the subtitles that I was like, oh, what is this? And, and, you know, thank you for the, for the clarification there. Um, So what is Dead Snow? Dead Snow is a 2009 Norwegian horror comedy. The movie follows a group of eight medical students who go on a skiing vacation in the mountains of Norway. While there, they discover a box of gold hidden in the cabin they're staying in. And little do they know that the gold belongs to a group of undead Nazi soldiers who were killed during World War II. So the students soon find themselves under attack by these zombie Nazis who are determined to retrieve their stolen treasure. So the group has to fight for their lives while trying to figure out a way to destroy these undead soldiers for good. So obviously, as they're getting picked off one by one, um, you know, their resourcefulness and staying alive is is what becomes entertaining. Um, you know, and in the end, you know, they manage to sort of escape the mountains. Um, Dead Snow is awesome. It's gory. It's funny. It's the, it's perfect for fans of this genre, particularly fans of movies like Evil Dead. So, um, you know, uh, I, I think there's a little bit of John Carpenter tossed into this movie as well, like with the I fog. I think there's a, there's a huge mean, amount of Edgar Wright thrown into this, yes, into this movie. Yes, ab- absolutely. I was like, somebody saw Shaun of the Dead. Right, right, right. <laughs> Right. Um, but it's a it's a huge love letter to Raimi. Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's and and it's so had you ever seen it before? No, no, I had no idea. And as I was <laughs> you're like, what is this crap? He's I was at cursing me. you as usual when I was watching it <laughs> because especially of the gore. Yeah. Especially when they got on the like the the runner about intestines, like they have this runner in the film for some reason. They just get hung up on intestines. I don't. They're zombies. Well, I know, but like we get it in like different. I I don't know. Like there's just these runners on intestines, and I, I, I... Nazis. Well, okay, all right. Let's. I hate these guys. I hate these guys. Right. Let's let's get let's get to that too. Because is it a curse? Is it a? I mean, what? This is this is an unexplained thing, and it's fine for the type of film it is. I'm yeah, exactly, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but it does bug me, and I was, <laughs> if we didn't address it, you know, people might say, "Oh, well, you didn't address this." <laughs> I, I don't know what causes the Nazi zombies. Right. The filmmakers don't even know yeah, what causes <laughs> the, the, the fucking Nazi zombies. Like they just always, exist. You just imagine like the writers' room, right? And there's that one writer in the corner that's like. Well, I mean, I'm still hung up. I mean, it's a great idea, guys, but I'm still hung up on the how do they how are they undead? Like, how are they right. coming back? Like, what causes that? Was it a curse? Especially was, was especially it radiation? The, the reveal at the end. Yes. You know, yes. I I mean, I won't ruin it, but I'm just like, okay, huh? Uh, how many caves are there? Like <laughs> there is a dead snow too. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. No. No, there no, is. No. You're you're jerking me. Come on. No, I'm totally serious. No, there is a sequel, uh, and uh, it is considered by many to be uh, um, a little bit better than than the original. Um, I've never seen the sequel, so maybe I'll do that next week. I don't know, but um, oh, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think 
Um, okay, so I uh, love Dead Snow, and I love it for just, like, really selfish reasons. Like, this kind of genre film is very fun for me. Like, I laugh. It's great. I see all of the homages to all of sure, the different, sure. like, films of the genre. Absolutely. And um, it, and it's zombies, and it's Nazi zombies, so it's cool, you know, from that perspective. It kind of twists that a little bit. Um and, and the, back in, in, in back in 2009, you know, we, we weren't at zombie burnout yet. No, not yet. Not yet. No. Yeah. You know, the walking um, dead really hadn't kicked into high gear. Walking and, dead was 2010. Yeah. Because, you know, I've got zombie fatigue. I'll be honest with you. As I was watching it too, I was just like, Oh, here come the zombies. Like, you know, what's, what's, what's their deal? Oh, these zombies are fast. This is 28 days later. Fast. Right. 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 Also and homages right. with that. Right. So, right. I mean, like you said, the creators here pepper in basically the last, I don't know, 40 years of, of horror movies and try to, you know, give you a little bit of everything. And it is it is it is over the top gory. Um, if if you don't have a stomach for that, I would definitely say you need to pass because the the violence I consider it cartoon violence. Correct. Yeah, me but too. But I could see how someone would be absolutely grossed out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Especially when they split what's his name's head straight open in the window and his brain slips out. I was like, right. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's quite, like an egg. There are some there are some pretty uh they're pretty, pretty yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty amazing for their for, you know for their budget and what they were trying to do. I also think it's great that um one of the characters for those of you in our listening audience who are squeamish like this, there is one of the characters. They're medical students, right? So they're training to be doctors. But this one, this one, like can't stand blood, right? Right. So and there's this whole sequence at the beginning about where they're making fun of him, like how are you going to be a doctor with you know with like with like when you like lose your mind over like a little bit of blood and uh it's foreshadowing folks of of what's coming <laughs> right right you know as you get like they play like scandinavian death metal like a couple times i was just like all right i want to party with out. these people they yeah, gotta fun. break out the yeah. horns man yeah you know yeah, it's just yeah. like oh but you've got some okay so you got you know uh your evil dead structure here right you've got right. your your group of people heading out to a cabin like in you know in the mountains uh you know they discover something uh you know it's not a book it's treasure but it's it's just it, the concept is still there and so you're just having a fun time with it right and you're like oh yeah it's like this and that now i do have to say something that really stood out to me this time that um uh i don't know why but you know for those of you who, who just can indulge me for a moment i love the work of uh, film scholar robert ray uh, he's he's written just some amazing stuff, but the ABCs of classic Hollywood style, right? Where he's mm-hmm. sort of like picking things out of movies on rewatching, you know, in a in a kind of systematic way. But they they lead to other investigations, right? Other thoughts, right. other philosoph- other philosophical sort of takeaways. Um, the outhouse scene uh-huh. in this movie <laughs> stood out to me again because here we go again. I, Last season, I was talking about the little kid being stuck in a bathroom and witness, right? right? Right, right. And then all of a sudden, I started thinking because that's a that's a pretty scary scene. It was a scary scene for me, right? It goes okay. from intimacy, right, where they're like uh, they're having sex in the in the outhouse, yes. and then after that, the threat comes, right? So it's like right. 
pleasure. Oh, here comes the death, right? That's classic. Right, here comes the punishment. Right. But yes. the bathroom as a device, right, uh-huh. in movies, that's an interesting concept, right, Jeff? Because um, Psycho, I guess, kind of started that, right? Like with the murder in the shower. The shower. But then, like, yeah. but then um, how many other times have we seen perilous things happen in the bathroom? Because you think about the bathroom. And it brings up all kinds of cultural, social fears. Like, is there a stall door? Does it lock? Are there dividers? Are they, am I going to have some sense of privacy while I'm, you know, going to the bathroom? And it just, when movies do that for horror, right? When something happens in the bathroom, it just subtextually just kind of goes into my mind. Like, oh my God, my space, my privacy is being invaded and I'm going to die. And it's going to, it's this like, intense trope i just wanted to sort of like go back and think about all the different ways bathrooms had been used in movies and i mean i'm not worried a ghoulie's gonna jump out of the toilet up my butthole there, yeah, but you're, you right know, you're right with me you're right with me brought up ghoulies for christ's sake you're right though the critters all the shit coming out of the toilets like yeah you know or, or what is it it's uh is it is it in it's in shivers and Cronenberg shivers where it's yep. in the bathtub, I think. Yep. Uh, yep. Also, the invasiveness of yep. the privacy of the bathtub. Yep. So. Nightmare oh, on Elm I... Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, His hand right. comes up in the bathtub, right? I mean, it's oh, just, it, yeah. it, 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 you know, they've always been these really kind of iconic moments. And I think it's tied to that spatial structure of that's supposed to be one, you know, Taking my newspaper, I'm taking my phone, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm locking the door, you know. I'm, I'm taking I'm my constitution. I mean, it's it's right. It's like, yeah, it's it's supposed to be. That I, I thought it was hilarious. There was an outhouse. You're right. Very. And it's uh, like it's like negative twenty degrees, and they're just like, ooh, 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 yeah. ooh. no big deal. <laughs> Going to go take a shit outside. <laughs> I'm like really? Well. Wow. You're See, a hearty people. That same person is in the writer's room again going, are we just going to discuss it all? How, I mean, are they going to be clothed when they go to the bathroom? Because it is going to be cold out there. Like when we go out to the outhouse. Right. And we, then we, then, then we're, we're subjected to a sex scene in the, in the toilet, in the know, negative like, 20. Uh, to, yes. But, and um, I'm just like, huh. Okay. Well, I guess this is just where you've, like you were saying, this is just the setup because we all know sex. Then death. So I was just like, oh God, are they going to like, maybe that was my thought too. Like uh, your paranoia is like, maybe they're going to come up through the toilet, uh, uh, which they did. Didn't they drag yeah. her down through the, yeah. they drag her down through the toilet? I think so. so. It's, 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 um, there's something about that in, in invasion of that space that works every single time. So, yeah. So I had to, I had to, I had to toss that out there because, you know, there isn't, there isn't a whole lot uh that's that's critically deep here do you know what i mean like i mean you, you know like no, we, no, we can't we really break this one down like you know some others but there are some things like that this is that's where i go as sort of a film scholar is i like i like you know start applying like techniques like Robert, you know to like find something that you didn't see before right well, I, mean, I mean when you look at it it's a it's a competent homage film i mean it's just you know you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go well it is what it is and people can say well that's not very good analysis i'm like well sometimes movies are kind of foolproof against yeah you know certain types of analysis i mean we uh, could I, we we could talk about um 
you know, the the sense of something being discovered, something uh, residing underneath us, the past, uh, you know, all, all of those kinds but we, of But we would be concepts, giving this film way, too way more credit. Right? I'm sorry, like, this is, you know, again, we were, we were mentioning one of our favorite films, Velociraptor, in a recent episode. And it's just like, it is what it is. Like, if you yes. try to apply analysis to this type of film sometimes i mean it's just i mean i'm gonna gonna listen i'm certainly gonna listen to what you have to say but at the end of the day i'm just gonna be like okay all right that movie really spoke to that person in ways (laughs) that i've never considered but um yeah you know someone someone on pop matters is gonna school us right I've i've got a feeling like they're gonna take us to the hole and just jam it on us on this film how did you even come across this film like i yeah. have no idea yeah good question um so uh i was taking a, a horror class as a phd student and um one of my professors suggested it um and uh i had it um if memory serves jeff it was one of the first dvds that netflix ever mailed me like that i you know oh, you were late oh wow you were late in yeah. the game then yeah i mean i was still renting from the video store i i refused to do the netflix thing for a while i was one of the holdouts but then i was like okay by the resist- way resistance is futile you know by the way r.i.p dvd netflix did you read the story this week I, that they're, i did what, what are you gonna do jeff they're gonna close up shop come september i'm just going ahead and shutting it down you know what i mean like i'm just gonna go ahead and cancel my discs and be out ahead of it but yeah, I've been I have been a disc subscriber to Netflix since 2006. Wow. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh no, I mean um I I can't remember when they they kept advancing those plans, right? You know, it was one DVD at a time, then it was and then three two DVDs. And, three, yeah. and you had like a queue of where they were going to mail them to you and all that. Yeah. I I gave up on that and just went to uh, securing physical media. So, you know, I yeah. still, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the digital revolution came and you went, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still do that to a certain extent, but I, I do pride myself quite often on being that individual who if there's somebody in the room that says oh let's watch x or y mm-hmm. and they start searching a streaming service and it's not there you chuckle and go <laughs> i go pedestrian let I'll me go right. to my shelf i'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes sir my. yes sir yes sir 100 percent. Oh. that is me oh my goodness uh well we're lonely phds i'm dr jeffrey hayes he's dr joseph watson uh, we just got done talking about the, uh, it's fun, Dead Snow, 2009, Tommy Workola. If, if you're if you're into the, I guess our final stamp on that is if you're into horror, comedy. horror, horror, horror comedy genre, this is, this is a nice 90 minutes. You're, you know, you're going to have a good time. Yes. It, it's, you know, I, and, and uh, credit to IFC Independent for picking this film up and, uh, and distributing it yep. uh, at the time. Our next film is is what some people consider a stone cold classic. classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Evil Dead, nineteen eighty one. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, the Chin himself. What's where it all started is ground zero for everybody for twenty year olds. God, he was twenty when he made this film. Absolutely earth shaking to me. Um, for those of you who might not know, the Evil Dead, 
basic plot synopsis is this. Uh, uh, some friends drive up to a cabin for the weekend to try to get away. While in the cabin, they find some mysterious, a mysterious book, a mysterious tape recording that unleashes a demonic evil uh, that we now call Deadites, but we didn't at the time. Um, but uh, in, in uh, mayhem ensues. So it, it's it's it's. I'll tell you, like right off the jump, what I'd forgotten about this film was that this is this is not horror comedy. This is straight horror. You know, people go to Evil Dead 2, which we were talking about earlier about, you know, superior films. It's just like when they got the money and remade this movie as Evil Dead 2, they amped it up a thousand percent in all the areas, including the 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 slapstick stuff there. This is straight up a horror movie. I, I would not put comedy in this, you know, whatsoever. And I was debate. I was talking to Jill about it last night on the porch. We were having some beers and. He said, did you remember, didn't you remember it being funny? I said, you know, I did. But then in my house, I said, man, this is just a straight horror film. I, 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 what did you, I mean, what no, did I'm you so, remember I'm, about I'm it? I'm so glad that you mentioned that or open with that because um, I think because of the fact of how people are coming to this movie, like mm-hmm. for the first time, because there is, you know, like I posted in the Discord this week, there's a multiverse now basically yeah. of, of evil dead stuff um, because of the remake and all the others. Um, But um, this movie scared the shit out of me, Jeff, when I first saw it, I mean, there's, there's, you want to talk about some intense, like dead snow is funny, right? This movie is, is this, this movie is terrifying. Like there's nothing about it to me. That's funny. Evil dead two is the funny one. And then it gets more, I think, self-reflexive and, and well, funny yeah, I mean, by the time way, you get to army of right? darkness it's just a comedy yeah. right it's no right. you know right i mean he's you know saying what what is it clatu barada nikto to like nikto. <laughs> open the book and that's the phrase from the day the earth stood still uh in the science science fiction of the 50s but yeah a- anyway um so yes jeff you're absolutely right and it's great to contextualize it and frame it that way because um the porch i can still see that shot in my head of the banging porch swing of the banging porch swing but we, yeah. you know, when they arrive you know at the at the cabin um there you can tell that um that this was a uh movie that was um <laughs> large in scale but had to be forced to be minimized in terms of what it could represent which is why uh, Evil Dead Two is so filled with right. excess, right? I mean, it's right. it's it's excess. Th- this one has moments too, where where several where you know, I mean, they have like, stop motion animation. It, yes, still. yes. I mean, where you where you think right. how, how they they just gonna, they're going to take it to another level of creativity and ingenuity in terms of like how to um, represent something that's that's taking place. I mean, keep up. How many times had we seen Jeff Demons? Mm-hmm represented uh let's see 70s you had it a lot right the, the representations of a right demon, we had like, the exorcist from sound to makeup right. to right i mean this one was was pretty damn scary yeah I, you know in into the the idea of the demon as an antagonist in in in, in not not just as the 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 predator but as a true antagonist, just sitting there constantly being like, we're going to get you. 
we're going to get you. Oh, we're going to get you, you know, and, and, and just poking and making fun of them. Like, it's just like, and you can try to kill us, but you're not going to be able to. I mean, that is very unsettling. Yes. There's that one scene where she's sitting in the middle of the floor, just looking at him laughing, like, go ahead and try. You try all the doors. Try anything you want. We're going to win. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's so super unsettling. And, and the sound design of this film is absolutely incredible for, again, a $300,000 film, which is what Raimi kind of put it at eventually was, I mean, to have it all worked out. And, and I, I, I got tickled because the, the edition, the Anchor Bay edition I was watching, uh, the THX thing came up, of course, and said, you know, did the sound test. So that was pretty, that kind of made me smile for a minute, but sound is so important in this movie. It helps to drive this film and to, to have the wherewithal as filmmakers to understand the, the dynamic of sound and how it's really going to help drive to make up, as you said, the things that we don't have the money to do. I mean, right, just right. by using layered voice recordings and sound effects and things of this nature, this film still, all these years, like 40 some odd years later, this film is still the film that young filmmakers need to watch to, to go, oh, you can do it. Like you can, you know, you, you, you can get creative. You know, you can go with your gut. He breaks so many rules in this film, you know, especially coming out of the 70s, right? He breaks the Dutch, the Dutch angles, the the speed ups, the the improvised steady cams. I mean, still one of my favorite things in the world is the device of the demons in the four. Every time that camera lifts up out of the forest and those poor bastards are running on each side of it, you know, on mm -hmm. each side of a two by four, you know, or or even the amazing thing, the very last scene of the movie, which I found out. Uh, uh, they put the camera on a bicycle and pedaled that bicycle as fast as they could and swung those doors open, you know, to go. I mean, it's amazing, right? It's just it's, very creative. It's, it's the level of going, well, how do we, well, again, what people, you know, what we tell students too, it's just like filmmakers are good. Filmmakers are about problem solving. Yes. So, you know, how, here's what I want to draw up on the board, right? This is how I want the scene to go. Okay. How do we do it? We have three hours, you know, how are we going to make this happen? Right. And it's just like the level of problem solving occurring in this film is just, I, I hate to keep gushing, but I mean, it's just absolutely astounding. No, I mean, it's fine. I mean, this, this is, this is a classic film. I mean, this is, this is, um, would be listed in a handful of films that, that I would say or recommend to anyone if you're looking for, um, you know uh, uh how, how to make an independent film in horror or how to make an independent film period um and have it turn out being a classic i mean it it's also a film jeff that through its creative inspiration uh you can you can see the creative inspiration from the horror films of the 70s that did hit right so yes. um you know the exorcist uh the omen um you know uh uh even the shining right had been i think a year before this right so um amityville horror like all of these um these movies that had sort of tried to do demons um in various and sundry ways right 
but I, I found that you know like the forest stuff is like Kubrick on steroids, right? Like, oh yeah, I mean it's we, awesome. It's I mean awesome, the forest right? the forest rapes somebody, yes. literally rapes somebody, and yes. I, it's so unsettling. The, that's the most traumatizing scene in the whole movie for me. I yes, that is, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 clawing, literally clawing at all of our worst fears. Yes, you know, uh, and and I just yeah. I, I <laughs> and the relentlessness of it, as you were saying, like this this inability of you know, it's it's uh it's almost like a carpenter myth, right? In the sense that um, you know, the evil just can't be destroyed, right? It just keeps coming back, right? In various right. forms or various iterations, um, and in this instance, it's you know, it's either annoying or it's taunting or it's 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 always doing something, um, and it drives them crazy. <laughs> yes. It, well, I mean, and, and that's one of its goals is to drive Ash to, to madness. Right. So that he just gives up, you know, and, and gives in and, and takes it. And I, you know, I was thinking about it after the film and when I was doing my notes, you know, how great, how much I'll be, consider this question. How much greater would this film be if there wasn't Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness? Well, that's a great question. I, I mean, I think this this film would be elevated in a lot of discourse above cult classic, above all of those things. Uh, if if Dead Two and Army of Darkness does not occur, because again, it's a singular thing, and we end on such a great dark note that yeah, I mean, that's that's just. Well, what is, well, so you're more, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. So you're more familiar, I think with Raimi's career trajectory than, than I am, but did evil had he done a lot of other things in between evil dead one and evil dead two? They did uh, they did a a crime wave, that awful film crime wave. And it was so bad him and the Coens that, you know, he basically said, if I don't, get this thing jump started again i'm gonna lose everything so that was the impetus for evil dead too okay so, yeah okay well so certainly then we could say that his um his career trajectory might have been radically different had he not had this property to fall back on to sort of right. re- reinvent or redo and but but also at the same time what a savvy move and? you know to say i'll just uh I'll take the capital I have on it and 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 double down, right. you know, and just say just do a straight up remake of my own film. I mean, that's essentially for those yeah for those of you unaware. I mean, Evil Dead Two is is it is it's essentially the same movie. Um, yeah. It's it's just with a bigger budget and <laughs> amped up to a thousand percent. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot more excess uh, in in the sequel. Um, but this this original is uh, the original is is creepy. It's atmospheric. It's very deliberate in its pacing, um, and it's got some truly terrifying moments in it. And I I I do I think it's going to be continued to be re- revered as a classic film of the genre. And um, I I. I I would argue that that it's that yes it's it's had a cultish following for you know for a long time, but that even in in sort of highbrow academic circles, this is a film that's pointed to as well. I was going to say though, but why doesn't it being get important? Due, why doesn't it get its due that Halloween gets? 
Well, because Halloween is uh, was probably much more commercially popular and has, mm-hmm. you know, landed uh, uh, and probably Carpenter's career has been a little more diverse than Raimi's in terms of the trajectory, mm-hmm. right? I mean, um, Raimi left horror, Carpenter did periodically, but I, I, I just think that um, maybe distribution maybe uh it doesn't I mean, this movie was by the way this movie was a big hit this movie made 24 million dollars in 1980s dollars mm. when did it, you it, first on, yeah when did you first see it because i mean we were we were obviously alive in the 80s but we didn't i, I wasn't I able to go to the theater to see this no you know? no, I mean, no no I, no yeah. i actually saw evil dead 2 first before i saw this um back in the 90s when i was in high school okay and then then i watched went back and watched it and i was shocked by you know number one the look of it it was it's a me when you see these two films it's immediately apparent which one had the budgetary concerns on it like from the 16 millimeter film grain you know up to the 35 millimeter i mean it's it's just again it's a super mass upgrade but also, I, I'd like to say that I really like Bruce Campbell's performance in, in, in The Evil Dead. Yeah. Like, he has a true arc. You like, could you know, tell for, that he was going to be a star, too. I mean, he was, you oh, know, man. I mean, you, you, you could tell. He just has a great screen charisma. And, and you're right. His character is really well-defined. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's but it's just given such an amazing, you know, a, a torturous art too because it's just like they put him through so much in this film and you know i i know that from reading of course that Raimi delight was in delight of torturing <laughs> bruce campbell with constant poking and prodding and and dipping him in god knows how much goo that there's that one scene where the pipe burst and it looks like there's probably about i don't know 15 gallons of cairo syrup blood just coated just everywhere absolutely just gross if you've never worked with carousel blood folks it is an awful substance <laughs> pretty nasty but it gets the color right um, it does it does get blood. the color right uh, <laughs> his well and if you follow the trajectory of that i mean ash that that character right yeah. is uh is is now iconic um particularly in pop culture I mean, yeah, it feels like every time I go on Hot Topic, there's a poster of Ash or something with the chainsaw hand or Hail something. Hail to the king, other. baby. Right. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, so well, I, I think mean, is it, but it, is, that is, idea of how much can we torture Bruce, right? If you follow right. the the franchise, you it keeps getting better and better, right? Like in terms of what he has to sacrifice, right? Well, but it continues to be more of a cartoon, right? The longer mm. it developed. I mean, he's by... By by the television show, when we get to Ash versus the Evil Dead, I mean, it's just he's in just no doubt of this is the biggest Warner Brothers cartoon character like on the planet. Let's talk about Raimi's Deadites, right? They're not zombies. They're demons. And, you know, I like this idea of it's so much more appealing to me than a zombie because again his his, the deadites are just so aware they're very self-aware they they they're very focused and it's all about you know poking the bear 
And there's just something about that, that again, like I was talking about earlier, it's so unsettling to be facing something that has such confidence that there's just no way you're going to win. You know, and even at the end of Evil Dead 2, how do you stop it? Like that immortal line, you know, right yeah. before he heads into the vortex. I mean, you just throw your hands up and just go, I don't know. How how do you stop it? Yeah. Well, and the Book of the Dead, too. Like that backstory. That, that, that just <laughs> that just gives these deadites so much of a richer backstory, right? Than um than Zed zombies usually are allowed to have because. Um, I think the the real sort of interesting thing there that pops up for me is the design of the character, right? Because if zombies look, if they're designed in a story to look more humanistic, right? If they if they aren't as disfigured or disformed, right? That does like weaken or strengthen our connection or our ability to want to empathize with them, right? Um, and uh, these characters, these deadites, you know, when they're in that human form, it's, 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 I don't know. They, they, uh, they feel more human than zombies do. Right. right. Uh, and and I think strength. that adds to the, you know, <laughs> that adds to the, uh, to the equation, I think, um, and well, separates think- them. It makes them like you were saying, it makes them more, um, more robust and interesting than zombies at times. Yeah. Well, also I think he's, he's, Borrowing from the pay, you know, from the uh, from the Steve Ditko play- playbook, you know, the grotesqueries of anyone who's into Steve Ditko's art, and Sam Raimi was from the original Spider-Man runs. Um, he wasn't able to explore those grotesqueries in his Spider-Man movies, but here he is, and it's on full display. If you go back and look at Ditko's uh, suspense and horror work that he did for uh, pre-Marvel. Uh, basically um they were known as timely comics and then it was marvel comics i mean his grotesqueries and that's what i call that this specific style of close-ups and the faces and the hands and the things of that nature like they're not deformities they're grotesqueries and there is a very distinct difference uh uh between that because it's just it's something that happens not necessarily something natural or through evolution that happens to you. You know, this is, this is something that has occurred that has caused this. And so maybe some through other, other means, if that makes sense. Yeah. But then the, then the uh, grotesqueries then lead to the transformation, right. And the transformation is what's so terrifying, right. Correct. Um, uh, And we, you know, we see uh, a former loved one or, or, you know, spouse whatever it may be and you go oh they're not that person anymore right there but yet they still are right that's what that's what's so terrifying about it you know is is the is within that grotesquery sort of design how much humanity do you leave and how many traces of humanity do you leave you know which sort of for me anyway that that is a way that um i read subtextually in either zombie movies or demon movies how much a director or storyteller wants us to empathize, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right, folks. When I watch movies, I always see if I can empathize with the antagonist. What? Yeah, go figure that. Many times I cannot, but, but you know, other times it's like, you know, I'll be like, yeah, dude, I understand, man. Everybody wants to you know get rich but you can't commit crimes sorry i'm not going to empathize with you right you know maybe that's simple uh but i'll I give him a shot you know i'll I listen to him i'll listen yeah. to a monologue right you know 
I understand you want to avenge your dead parents, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I can really, you know, dress up like a bat and beat the shit out of people. I just don't know. I just don't know if I can do it. I empathize with you, though, billionaire. Bruce Wayne. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Well, you can get in touch with us a number of ways. Uh, you can email us, lonelyphds at gmail.com. You can click on the Discord in our show notes. That's where we post all kinds of fun stuff and keep the conversations going. Um, if you would, please subscribe, rate, and leave reviews on the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, Amazon, wherever you get it. We're there, I promise. Uh, and uh, also, uh, thank you so much to uh, everyone. We hit our 500th download this past week. Uh, thank you again for listening to the show, and uh, we will we will keep keep putting it out there. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who's been uh, listening uh, in in these two seasons, and and we will continue to to do this uh, as as long as we uh, I guess as long as we can. But uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. I'm Dr. Joseph Watson. We'll see you then. <laughs>